This is Dan Fleisch, and this is the second podcast for Section 2.1 of A Student's Guide to Maxwell's Equations. The topic of this podcast is B, the vector magnetic field, and the relevant section of the text begins on page 45. If you've read or listened to the first part of chapter 1, you probably noticed the difficulty I had in completing the sentence that starts with, the electric field is, and I appeal to the words of Maxwell and some others to try to resolve that difficulty, and ultimately the solution comes by appealing to the connection between fields and forces. In the case of the electric field, we said the electric field can be thought of simply as the amount of electric force per unit of charge. In the case of the magnetic field, we can also tie the field to the force, but of course the magnetic force equation is a little more complex than the electric case. You can see that by looking at equation 2.1 on page 45. This is the Lorentz equation, which says that Fb, the vector magnetic force, is equal to Q, the electric charge, times V cross B, where V is the velocity of the charged particle with respect to the magnetic field, and B is the magnetic field. So whereas the equivalent equation in the electric field case simply said F sub E is equal to QE, now we've got particle's velocity, both its magnitude and its direction, to deal with. In order to define the magnetic field, we simply get B by itself on one side of the equation, and one way to do that is to use the fact that the magnitude of V cross B is simply the magnitude of V times the magnitude of B times the sine theta, where theta is the angle between V and B. That expression is given in the paragraph between equation 2.1 and 2.2. It says A cross B, it should say the magnitude of A cross B, is equal to the magnitude of A times the magnitude of B times sine theta, where theta is the angle between those two vectors. That's the very definition of the magnitude of the vector cross product. If we apply that to our Lorentz equation for F sub B, we can then solve for B and get the magnitude of B is equal to the magnitude of the magnetic force, divided by Q times the magnitude of the velocity times the sine of theta, where theta is the angle between the velocity and the magnetic field. You can figure out the units of magnetic field from that equation. Fb is, of course, newtons. Q is coulombs. Velocity is meters per second. Sine theta has no units. There are some other equivalent units given in the paragraph after equation 2.2. The simplest one is, of course, Tesla's capital T, which is the standard SI unit for the magnetic field. By the way, it's also pointed out in that paragraph that it's not universal that this quantity is called the magnetic field. Some texts will refer to this same quantity as the magnetic induction or the magnetic flux density, but in this book you'll find B referred to as the magnetic field. Comparing the magnetic field to the electric field is pretty interesting because it reveals that in some ways they're very similar and in other ways they're very different. Some of the points of comparison are listed in the bullet list at the bottom of page 45, starting out with the fact that in both cases of the magnetic and the electric field, they're directly proportional to the magnetic force. Interestingly, while the electric force is in the direction of the electric field for positive charges and opposite or anti-parallel to the electric field for negative charges, in the case of the magnetic field, that cross product means that the magnetic force is at right angles both to the magnetic field and to the velocity of the particle. When you take V cross B, you wind up with a vector that is in a direction perpendicular to both V and B. So there are several important distinctions there. Both electric and magnetic forces depend on the charge, but in the case of the magnetic field, you you also have to consider the charge's velocity, 
the magnitude of the velocity, how fast it's going, and you have to consider the direction of that velocity. Clearly, if the velocity is in the direction of the magnetic field, that is, if V and B are parallel, then theta is zero, and the sine of theta is zero, so there is no magnetic force. So the relation between magnetic field and magnetic force is not so straightforward as the connection between electric field and electric force. One of the results of the magnetic force being perpendicular to the velocity is that magnetic forces can do no work. That's because work is defined as F dot D, where D is the vector displacement and F is the force. And if the force has no component along the displacement, then there's no work done. So unlike the electric field, the magnetic field cannot do work on the particle. Another difference between electric and magnetic fields is that electric fields are produced by electric charges, but magnetic fields are produced by electric currents. Fortunately, much of what you learned about electric field lines also applies to magnetic field lines. That is, you can use these lines to represent the field, with arrows showing the direction of the field at any point, and the spacing between the lines indicating the strength of the field at that point. You can see the magnetic field lines for several common sources of the magnetic field in figure 2.1 on page 46. A current carrying straight wire has circular magnetic field lines around it. A loop of current has the magnetic field lines shown in the middle of the top row of the figure. The bar magnet drawn with the magnetic field lines coming out of the north pole of the magnet and disappearing into the south pole. Solenoid in the bottom row on the left shows the magnetic field lines fairly uniform within the solenoid and then circling back on themselves outside. The torus, the magnetic field is not labeled there, but it's the circle inside the torus. And in the case of the horseshoe magnet, you can see the lines indicating where the field is strongest. Several of the rules for magnetic field lines are listed on the bottom of page 46, including things such as the field lines do not originate and terminate on positive and negative charges. Instead, magnetic field lines form closed loops. If you're wondering why some of the loops don't close in, in figure 2.1, it's only because we haven't shown where the loops come back upon themselves, but all those loops are closed. And similarly to electric field lines, the net magnetic field at any point is simply the sum of all the magnetic fields present at that point. And that, of course, means that magnetic field lines cannot cross, just as electric field lines cannot cross. If at some point there are two nearby sources of field, the fields from those two sources simply add at that point. Remember, the field lines tell you the direction of the field at a point, and the field can only point in one direction, so you cannot have crossing magnetic field lines. On page 47 is a statement of the equation that you've probably run into as a way of calculating the magnetic field produced by a small segment of current. That's the Biot-Savart law. It's the equation in the middle bottom of page 47. It says dB, the contribution to the magnetic field from a small current element, is simply mu0 over 4 pi. That is the permeability of free space divided by 4 pi times the current times dl cross r hat over r squared. If you need a bit of a refresher on what each of those terms mean, you can look in figure 2.2 on page 47. There's dl, it's the length of the wire segment that we're considering to produce the contribution of the magnetic field dB. r hat is the unit vector from dl toward the point p at which the magnetic field is being determined, and r is the distance from the current segment dl. To point P. Those terms are defined in the short paragraph after the Biot-Savart equation, and the magnetic fields of some common geometries you're likely to run into are given in Table 2.1 at the top of this page. Those include expressions for the magnetic field of an infinitely long straight wire, or a wire segment, or a circular loop, a solenoid, or a torus. So a few of the things to remember about the magnetic field 
are that it shares some similarities with the electric field. That is, it can produce a force on charges, but unlike the electric field, those charges have to be moving with respect to the field. Furthermore, the force is not along the direction of the field, but perpendicular to it. And perhaps the biggest single difference when it comes to field lines is that in the case of electrostatic fields, they begin and end on charges, whereas magnetic fields circulate back upon themselves.